0: Exercise. It's one of the keys to living a long and healthy life. And yet, according to the CDC, only one in five adults in this country gets the recommended amount of physical activity each week. There are many ways to boost your activity level without a formal workout session. Take the stairs instead of an elevator. Park at the far end of the lot. Take a walk before or after dinner. For some, the way to go is to join a health club. They believe the facilities and the financial commitment of membership will provide the motivation they need to exercise more. I'm Herb Weissbaum, the Consumer Man, a contributing
1: editor at Checkbook.org. Welcome to Consumerpedia at Checkbook.org. We're the nonprofit that helps consumers select services, avoid trouble, and save money. Because we don't accept any advertising or take money from any business we recommend, You can rely on Checkbook.org to be completely independent and objective. Now, here's the host of Consumerpedia, America's consumer expert, the consumer man, Herb Weissbaum. In this episode, how to find a gym or health club that will work
0: for you, how to avoid the common marketing tricks and traps that lead to complaints, and a reality check, why so many people join and then stop going. Here to help us with all that, Checkbook's executive editor and fitness guru, Kevin Brassler.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about fitness guru, but I I do have some advice on picking the right fitness center or or maybe even on not picking one at all.
0: And that advice is based on covering fitness centers for decades. And quite frankly, your overall advice hasn't really changed much
2: over the years. I was just thinking the other day that as part of my original job interview here at Checkbook, Uh, Robert Krugoff, our founder, uh, asked me to brainstorm how to evaluate fitness centers. And that was nearly 30 years ago. And then after I got the job, I had to shop gyms for their membership cost info. Back then, it was really difficult to get prices out of fitness clubs. Uh, They wanted customers to come in and visit their facilities. They wouldn't discuss them over the phone. The Internet really didn't exist, so you couldn't get prices there. Uh, And what they wanted people to do was come in so they could work them over and give them the hard sales pitch. Uh, So I ended up having to drive around and visit dozens of gyms and and get those hard sell sales presentations. It was really awful. So the good news, though, is that most gym sales staffs, they're less aggressive these days. Not all, but most of them are less aggressive. Some still give the hard sell. But for the most part, fitness centers, uh, they want to sign up members online and, and most don't push like three year memberships and crazy things like that anymore. But the bad news is, and and this is how our advice really remains the same, is that most consumers who join gyms stop using them after just a few weeks or a few months, but keep right on paying those monthly dues. And although there are some really affordable options now, I mean, some gyms charge only $10 a month. Many gyms remain quite expensive. Some have large initiation fees. Some have large monthly fees. Some charge ridiculous fees for classes or private instruction. Uh, But even if you find a low cost gym, a $10 a month gym, it's a wasteful buy. If you're paying for something that you don't use. And most of the people who join gyms stop using them pretty quickly.
0: By the way, an indication of how things have changed, as you noted, I've been reporting on this for decades as well. And I remember in the mid 80s here in Seattle, there was a lot of really high pressure sales tactics going on. I mean, they would keep people in a room for two or three hours yeah. making this high pressure sales pitch. And I talk to the people and I say, why did you sign up? And they say, well, I had to get out of the room. Well, they weren't yeah. keeping you in there physically, were they? Well, he sort of was standing in front of the door and I thought I couldn't get out. And people would join a gym because they felt that was the only way they could get out. Of the sales presentation i mean that's how bad things used to be
2: and it used to be they wouldn't give you firm pricing for hours i mean they would wait to actually show you their pricing on this you know written up form there was no price list For hours, because at that point they knew, well, you know, they'll pay anything to get out of here at this point. I I would sit in gyms, you know, in these sales presentations for hours. You know, they're doing these fitness evaluations and all this nonsense just to keep you around and giving this long, in depth tour and making sure they're introducing you to the most attractive instructors, things like that. And the whole time I would say, well, I just want to know what the costs are. I I don't want to go (laughs) through all this. If I can't afford it, well, what can you afford? It was all this kind of, uh. you know, gamesmanship and negotiations. And my excuse was always, well, I, I, of course, need to speak to my spouse. And they'd say, well, you know... You have to speak to your spouse before you buy a loaf of bread i mean these just ridiculous things that <laughs> for the most part gyms don't push three-year memberships and don't make their customers jump through so many hoops anymore
0: so put on your behavioral scientist hat why do people yeah. join a gym or health club and then stop going
2: yeah i mean i've written over the last 30 years that the entire fitness industry really counts on good intentions Getting into shape or getting back into shape is similar to quitting a bad habit. I mean, you really do have to make a realistic plan and then work hard to stick with it. Exercise can require a lot of motivation, especially at first, you know, when your muscles are sore and it's just hard to find that motivation. You may not be seeing the results that you'd like to see so quickly. Uh, Fitness clubs and companies that sell at-home workout machines and workout sessions, they know that. And they know that if they're selling a service, and eighty percent of your customers will want to quit after about a month, you know what do you do about that? How do you prevent you know losing all that money? You sell memberships. You get them on the hook with automatic payments. The, the fitness industry, especially fitness centers, they're like the OG of automatic checking account withdrawals. They were doing that long before anybody else. Uh, the other thing about these good fitness intentions is that even among consumers who quit using gyms, a lot of them, at least in their minds, Well, they plan to go back. So they keep right on paying those membership dues every month for gyms that they're not using anymore, but they say to themselves, well, at some point I do want to get back to going to the gym. And so they just keep right on
0: paying. So for listeners who have resolved to exercise more in the new year, and so many did, where do they start?
2: So if you've been a member of a gym before, then you probably have a sense of what you need and don't care about and whether you'll actually use a gym. But if you haven't been a member of a gym, really, really important to consider alternatives and not commit long term to any one company or even one type of workout. The best place to start is to make a fitness plan. By doing this, you might find out that there are many ways to work out without even joining a gym. Uh, you can go on long walks. You can take up running. You can do at-home exercise classes. There are tons of videos online, great videos online to do that. Uh, you can even buy a treadmill for not much money. There are many, many options these days, but all require commitment and motivation. You know, the more you enjoy the activity though, the more likely you'll succeed. So for example, I love playing basketball. I have several groups I play with each week. And I also like to hike a lot. But I mean, I can't imagine pushing and pulling on weights in some smelly gym. That's just not for me, and it's not for a lot of people, but unfortunately, The fitness industry, it's kind of been successful in marketing and making gyms like the default option for getting in shape. But there are all these other options out there.
0: By the way, just between us girls, I can't imagine you pulling some weights at a gym either.
2: (laughs) There's no way, man. There's no way.
0: In addition to considering fitness centers, another option you suggest is using recreation centers. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, so many local governments operate community and recreational centers that are very well equipped. I mean, they they charge prices that are far less than most gyms, but they're equipped like Good fitness centers. There are also YMCAs. They offer, you know, nonprofit alternatives to fitness centers. And between recreation centers and YMCAs, they offer different types of programming. It's not just necessarily a workout regimen. They may have art classes and things like that that you might be interested in. I will say, though, that some consumers find that they do have to pay a lot more to keep up with their workouts, to keep motivated. I have friends, there are people on staff here at Checkbook, who pay, you know, what I consider astonishingly high prices per class to work out at boutique exercise studios. But, you know, that's what works for them. You know, the key is to figure out what works for you, uh, what will keep you motivated. To do that, it often takes a lot of shopping around and trial and error.
0: So for those who do sign up for some type of ongoing exercise program, you advise be realistic about your goals and commit to making this part of your weekly schedule. I found when I started going to the gym, that was the key. It had to be on the calendar planned like I had a lunch appointment or something like that.
2: So another thing to consider doing is make a list of reasons for why you're doing this in the first place. And then go back and refer to them if you become you know, less enthusiastic about things, if it's, it becomes harder for you to keep these appointments on your calendar, these workout appointments. And I should also point out that if you're older than 40, review your plan with the physician before beginning.
0: So you've looked at all the options, you've decided that you are going to join a gym, how do you decide which one? And what should you look for when you compare those options? We're going to talk about that next. I'm Herb Weissbaum, the consumer man, and you're listening to Consumerpedia powered by Checkbook.org.
1: Thinking of joining a gym, Checkbook has ratings for dozens of gyms and fitness centers in these metro areas. Boston, Chicago, Philadelphia, Seattle, San Francisco, Minneapolis, St. Paul, and Washington, D.C. If you live in or around one of these seven cities and haven't joined Checkbook yet, check us out. Get a free 30-day subscription to all our ratings by going to checkbook.org consumerpedia.
0: Okay, so you've set realistic goals, you've looked at the options, and you've decided that a gym is the right place for you to get into shape. So how do you decide which one to join? Where I live, there are literally about 40 gyms within a five mile radius from very small little boutique places to big fancy health clubs. Kevin?
2: Probably the most important thing is to check out gyms that are conveniently located. You usually have lots of options. Uh, but you're not going to want to sit in traffic for 30 minutes or even 15 minutes to get to the gym. Uh, That's just going to present one more reason not to go work out. Beyond that, you compare what local gyms offer and how much they charge. We did that, and we found that fees vary dramatically from club to club. We looked at pricing from gyms for six different profiles and found that for an individual membership, for example, you can pay between about $200 a year, to more than two thousand dollars a year depending on the facility you join wow now a big reason for cost differences is their facilities and amenities especially if a club offers indoor tennis courts or an indoor pool for example it's likely to have higher costs than you know a bare bones gym sure but if you don't care about playing tennis or you don't care about swimming then you can save a ton of money by joining a facility that just has a good basic you know workout facilities but even among similarly equipped clubs those that offer for similar facilities and amenities. We find these big, big price differences for memberships.
0: And I know, Kevin, you hate to pay full price. So I guess you suggest that we maybe ask for discounts or some sort of special rates?
2: Well, you should definitely ask about them. Uh, Many clubs offer steep discounts, for example, for older adults, if you're older than 50 or 55 or so. Uh, You may also qualify for a discount through your employer or your school if you're a student or a teacher. Many gyms have agreements with employers for corporate rates. Those rates are typically 10 to 20% lower than normal rates. And even if your employer doesn't have that kind of agreement, you might be able to recruit coworkers to join with you and get a group discount. Uh, you should also check with your health insurance plan to see if it offers fitness-related benefits. Most Medicare Advantage plans, for example, their policyholders can get free or very low-cost memberships at participating health clubs. Many private insurance companies will actually reimburse their members if they pay for gym expenses. Some of these plans, they're quite generous. They'll pay more than just fitness center costs. They may reimburse you for exercise classes and yoga classes, you know, ski lift fees, things like that, even Weight Watchers. So you have to check to see what you get.
0: And as with so many other purchases we make, you need to watch out for fake discounts that make the price seem better than it really is.
2: Yeah, you know, especially this time of the year, many clubs print up membership fee schedules with, you know, really inflated prices so that they can, you know, cross out these BS higher prices and make it seem like they're giving you a great deal during their sales pitch. Uh, Those crossed out prices are usually meaningless. They exist only to make you think you're getting a great deal. And and this is especially important. If a salesperson tells you that you have to sign on that moment, that day, in order to get this special discount, be very wary. The really sketchy places, they use these deadlines to pressure you into closing deals and to, to rush you into making a decision that you may not have made if you had more time to consider it.
0: You know, before you buy a car, you test drive. Before you
2: buy a gym membership, you probably should try it out, right? This is crucial. The really good gyms and fitness studios, they'll let you try them out for free for a few visits. Or they'll offer you a really short-term membership or, you know, a package of seven visits or something like that to let you try them out. Uh, so if you can, definitely take advantage of these intro offers. When you try them out, go when you think. At times you think you'll usually work out so you can see whether it's crowded. A big complaint about gyms is that that they're really crowded during you know, rush hour times, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, if you can take classes you think you'll want to take if you become a full member uh, to see if the instructors are any good. You know, check to see if equipment there uh, is working. Another big complaint about gyms is stuff doesn't work. And also, if you can, ask questions of staff to see whether they're knowledgeable and responsive and helpful.
0: And how clean the place is, like the locker room. That's another big complaint I saw when I looked on the list of complaints. The place just wasn't kept up.
2: Yeah, it's a huge complaint that that the locker rooms are dirty, that equipment's not working. The more you can inspect, the the more opportunities you get to try out a gym uh, before you commit to a long-term membership, the better.
0: There are a whole bunch of reasons why gyms and health clubs generate a lot of consumer complaints, and a lot of that has to do with how those memberships are sold and how people pay for them. Some things you need to know before you sign on the dotted line. That's straight ahead. I'm Herb Weisbaum, and
1: you're listening to Consumerpedia, powered by Checkbook.org. Consumerpedia Fast Facts. These fitness facts are from the website Statista. The average cost of a monthly gym membership in the United States in 2021 stood at almost $29. The most expensive gym memberships on average were in the state of New York at about $75 a month. In 2022, 21% of American men said they participated in sports and recreational activities every day, compared to only 19% of women. A survey done in 2023 found hiking is the most popular sports activity in the U.S.
0: When I was a local consumer reporter here in Seattle, Kevin, I'd get all sorts of complaints about gyms and health clubs. As I mentioned earlier, a big complaint was high-pressure sales tactics. The other was signing up for automatic withdrawals from a checking account. The person would quit the gym and the withdrawals wouldn't stop. I would only pay with a credit card. Would you agree?
2: Yes. As you said, canceling gym membership has been a problem for decades. This is crucial. Before signing any contract, especially check what happens if you want to quit. Uh, Many fitness clubs. They still make it very difficult on their members. Uh, They say, well, you have to come in in person and talk to us if you want to quit because they want that opportunity for their sales staff to work you over all over again. We have a big problem with this in that, you know, they're allowing consumers to sign up for memberships online and do so easily. But when they want to cancel their membership, they make it difficult to quit or they say you have to give a 60 days notice or all this kind of stuff. It's just really important, you know, in advance what you'll have to do if you want out of this commitment. Mm-hmm. You know, the biggest problem I think remains is that consumers get the hard sell. You know, they sign a contract for a one-year membership. They have to pay an initiation fee and first and last month's dues and things like that. And then they only find out later that the gym they've joined is horrible. Equipment doesn't work. It's overcrowded or class is always canceled. The staff's incompetent. So then they really want to quit, but no, Too bad they signed on for a year. And even though the place stinks, you know, literally so, right? Mm -hmm. You got to keep paying. Uh, Some gyms, they kept right on charging customers through the damn pandemic. I mean, their gyms were closed, but no, they kept right on trying to collect those fees. And sometimes by doing it through automatic debit from checking accounts. Uh, another problem is, you know, what do you do if you move or you get sick or injured? And good gyms will let you out of those types of commitments or let you freeze your deal until you get better. But bad gyms do things like, you know, they find a partner gym where you must continue your membership, even if it's located 40 miles from your new home. So what consumers need to know here, though, is that most gyms continue to be ruthless about enforcing these contracts. You have to be very careful about reading them and making sure you know what you're getting into before you join a gym, unfortunately.
0: And one tip I'd like to suggest is before you even start your search, you might want to go to the Better Business Bureau website and look for ratings and complaints for that company. I just went on today and found some very, very well-known gyms had D and F ratings.
2: Yeah, the big chains don't necessarily offer better experiences. And in our surveys of consumers, we find that usually it's you know, the local outfits get better ratings by their customers than others. But overall, I would say that fitness centers, among all the different types of, of services we look at get probably among the lowest ratings. They really are not well received and reviewed by consumers at all. And a lot of this has to do with, you know, making promises they don't keep or selling these memberships where they're just automatically charging you every month for something that that isn't very good, that you hoped would have been better, especially given the sales presentation you were given.
0: And keep in mind what kind of person you are. I found that if I went to the gym with a bunch of people from work, I was more motivated to go on the day. I just didn't feel like going, come on, let's go, or get a beer afterwards or whatever. There is that social aspect that might be the uh, motivator to make you continue to work out when you really don't want to.
2: Yeah, and it's important to kind of, again, try out gyms. Every gym is kind of different, right? Some are, are very family-friendly. Some are very much you know, geared toward people who are there to work out and, and work out alone. Some are, are you know, social centers. Some are, are dating hookup places. Uh, and so the only reason you can kind of get a sense for what that specific gym is offering is to try it out. Uh, and the more you can try it out, the better. And the more places you can try out, you know, you'll get the sense for what's the best fit for you.
0: So we can't emphasize this enough. Chances are you're going to be asked to sign a contract, and before you do that, make sure you read it carefully and find out what you're obligating yourself to.
2: Be really careful here. I mean, if a salesperson has made any promises, make sure that they're in writing. Uh, If someone tells you they're about to build a new indoor pool, get that in writing. If they tell you that you can cancel your membership for any reason at any time, get it in writing. Oral promises made by these sales staff, they don't count.
0: Well, Kevin, right now you've got me in the mood to work up a sweat, so I'm going to go change into my exercise gear and see if I can drop a few pounds
2: for the new year. That sounds good. I'm going to sit here and continue writing about price matching policies. Well,
0: that's it for this edition of Consumerpedia. We hope you'll rate this episode and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Remember, we release new episodes every other Thursday. Another way you can support this show is to follow us on Consumerpedia on Facebook and Instagram and at MyConsumerpedia
1: on Twitter. I'm Herb Weissbaum. Thanks for listening. Consumerpedia is a public service of Checkbook.org. We're a unique nonprofit that helps you save money and make smarter choices. You can count on Checkbook to help you find the best services and avoid the worst with local ratings that are accurate and unbiased. If you live in or around these seven cities and haven't joined Checkbook yet, check us out. Boston, Chicago, Philadelphia, Seattle, San Francisco, Minneapolis-St. Paul, and Washington, D.C. To get your free 30-day subscription, go to checkbook.org consumerpedia. If you like what you've heard, we hope you'll become a supporter by using the link at the bottom of the show notes to make a small contribution each month. Consumerpedia, empowering consumers to save money and make smarter choices.